This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Charlotte Chung and Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. This week, we've run down the winners, world premiere announcements, and highlights of this year's Game Awards. And in our final stage, I review Marvel's Midnight Suns. All this and more in this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras. Select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. Game Awards edition of Select Start, the video game podcast for Talk Time Live. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. We got our annual Game Awards rundown this year, but I'm going to change things up. Uh, my goal for this episode is to not make it as long as previous year's episodes. So I will try to run down everything I could possibly can with the in terms of the actual winners and such some of the highlights because some things just has to be talked about and we also do for the first time ever we do have a review for this episode and i'm gonna uh review in our final stage marvel's midnight sun got deep in that game so we're gonna talk about that the you know the goods the bads the uglies of the game as well so we'll talk about that in our uh next segment but this segment right here all about the game awards the winners um and the world premiere announcements as well as my overall thoughts of this year's awards uh ceremony which let's get down to it i thought that jeff Kelly in in their in team this year did a phenomenal job they had the opportunity to you know do a better show than they did prior years i mean we had to you know we had the pandemic for the last couple of years and you know they were locked down and the fact that he was still able to do a show those years albeit not the best of shows but he had to work with what he was able to do i thought they came back with full force this year's game awards is possibly the best award ceremony i've seen in years and i've been watching this show for years and only saw it get you know evolve more and more and, and, and become a better show in terms of production uh even in the COVID years it was still great he, like the what he was able to do i it just really still surprised me as to how well this man has done with this award ceremony jeff Kelly deserves a lot of accolades for what he's done for the gaming industry with this game awards 
you can say what you will about it, but it's like, it has become one of the most prestigious gaming events of the year. And it only gets bigger and bigger. If you go back and watch it from the get go, and then watch how it evolved now. And, and, and especially in terms of the guests that he gets on this show, the guests that he gets on the show, like I'm going to go ahead of myself here, getting Al Pacino, even though Al Pacino is not a getting Al Pacino to agree to attend a award ceremony with a focus on video games. It speaks volumes for Jeff Keighley, but it speaks even more volumes for the gaming industry that he did this. And not only did he do this, but he also had a really, now the speech that he did, um, when he, he when they were doing the, um, nominees for the, uh, for best actor, which everybody in there did a great job this year. I mean, every nominee deserved to be nominated this year. Um, but he went on to say something I've been saying for quite some time, and I'm glad of all people, he said it. Even though he had issues with the teleprompter, something was up to teleprompter. They need to work on that next year because there were some people who had a hard time seeing that teleprompter uh, tonight, but it not many. There were some people, some you could tell it was basically like an age thing. Uh, it, it, was, it was what it was. The older guests were having trouble seeing the teleprompter or whatnot. The younger guests we're able to see it pretty good. Like when you had the cast of uh, Last of Us, but uh, you know, Troy Baker and, 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 and the rest of the cast and all them, they're all within a certain demographic and they had no trouble seeing a teleprompter. Uh, other people didn't have pro trouble seeing the teleprompter. Al Pacino and I think a couple other people were a little bit struggling a little bit. So hopefully they worked it out, but I digress. Al Pacino, said something that I've been saying for quite some time. And when it came to just actors, whether they're doing voice roles, whether they're behind the audio booth or they're doing live action, you know, performances, it's all the same thing. And I'm so glad that he of all people addressed that. And I hope people really took heed to that and who watched it and listened to it because we need to start respecting all actors the same way. You cannot differentiate yourself themselves as it and didn't label them as it, you know, as a form of like stratification saying that, you know, they're voice actors. They don't deserve to get the same accolades as other actors, which is weird because Troy Baker was there and like Troy Baker is damn near create. He he's in that line between, you know, being a very popular voice actor, like he is the top popular voice actor out there there's there's just no ifs and buts about it and then leaning towards the live action side of popularity he's practically in that level but he I, I don't think he's ever done live action but he gets respected as if he's doing live action and he's like him and nolan north are like one of the only two people that really get that type of respect and then everybody else is like you know movie stars does that matter so I, I'm really glad that he, he expressed that. I thought he it was really well said and needed to be said for that matter. But um, yeah, the, the award ceremony was just so great. And it, for them to achieve what they did this year, uh, it, it brought the Game Awards back in a full force. And the world premiere announcements alone was some of the best announcements that we've heard in years. Last year, it wasn't so great. The year before was okay because we had COVID. So there was a lot of delays and all this stuff going on in the last couple of years and all that. But 
oh they came back in full force with a lot of great announcements and on top of that some great wins out there i mean let's just say it now god of war and elden rings dominate probably more god of war than anything but um elden rings and god of war were the biggest focuses of wins this year so the thing i love about doing these episodes is that i don't have to do notes at all i don't have to write a damn thing because all the highlights are online and i can just go down the list of the ign's or the game spots list or whatever like that and you know run down everything that was talked about so this is the part i really i i, I definitely appreciate here so without further ado let's talk about the full list of winners this year and um we're gonna start with game of the year we got to start with game of the year because something happened during the game of the year uh nominations and whatnot and it was really crazy but elden rings won over god of war ragnarok which was seeming like it was getting it was going to get the win because it was just winning constant awards all night um it actually god of war ragnarok definitely won for most awards won at the game awards um bar none but uh Elden Ring was just running or just like runner up. It felt like a fight between Elden Rings and God of War and then God of War was just dominating. And all of a sudden Elden Rings just came up with the what a puncher's chance of winning the biggest order for, of them all and uh, got got to win. So, um, you know, congratulations because Elder, you know, Bandai Namco, this is the the most arguably it's not even arguably Elden Rings is the most successful Bandai Namco game they've had in years they've had some really great games i you know i'm a big fan of bandai namco i love that they really focus on anime adapted uh games but none of them win awards none of them they get nominated but they never and let alone the biggest award i've i don't recall ever seeing a bandai namco game winning game of the year ever in years elden ring basically did it for them and uh I don't know maybe someday i'll play that but i'm just not in the mood to be annoyed <laughs> my stress level is not there i don't want to have to be stressed out i didn't get i should be stressed out if i go to my therapist but you know i don't need that in my life so but congratulations to bandai namco on that this is a great accomplishment this is a game changer for them uh i don't know if this means they're going to start just making all you know incredibly stupidly hard games all of a sudden because of this but this has motivated them to do more and it looks like they are going to be doing more they did say they're going to do more for elden rings uh coming down the line so expect some new expansions and dlcs whatever coming down there you know uh enough so I'm, you know look forward to that um best game direction also elden ring uh for awarding for outstanding creative vision and innovation in a game direction and uh design so they get one for best game awards uh for that best narrative had to go to uh, god of war going up against Elden Ring. I, I I didn't even know that like Elden Ring had a story in there because <laughs> people just talk about the boss fights and everything. But um, God of War Ragnarok won uh, again, uh, you know, going up against Horizon Forbidden West and Mortality, uh, Elden Ring and uh, A Plague's Tale Requiem. So uh, best art direction, Elden Ring also won for that as well. Going up against God of War, Horizon Forbidden West, Scorn and Stray. I, I, best art direction is Stray. I mean it did look cool but i look i talked about this already stray just feels like a filler in a sense because it just it from the advertisements from the commercials and everything it looked like it was a great game but when you look at the game like there was some i don't know if i haven't played it since i beat it 
and I've reviewed it, but maybe they've updated it and added on a few more, you know, layers to that game, but it didn't look as good as this should have. But the feel and the, the vibe did was there. So, I mean, I, I give it for that. Uh, best score musical, Bear McRae for God of War Ragnarok. Uh, got the win for that. Um, best audio design, God of War Ragnarok uh, won for that. Best performance, Christopher Judge, uh, who had the longest speech of of the entire show. It was one of the first awards. This is the award where uh, Al Pacino came in and talked about that and mentioned uh, about the uh, you know the actors, you know actors. He was presenting the best performance. Um, I actually voted for Sonny uh, Siljic and think you know I, I'm really appreciative that Christopher Judge did acknowledge him because um, he said he voted for him. He said he put in a vote for him, and I would actually agree because. Sonny really stepped up and I feel like Christopher Judge was great. He was awesome, no doubt. But he kind of stood in the background to let allow Atreus or Loki, you know, get in the forefront. And Loki's performance, I mean, he had to step it up majorly. And Sonny Seljic did it tremendous. But Christopher Judge had like a very long speech, but with that said, it was also a beautiful passionate speech um it was awesome it was absolutely awesome i need to address this before because i just went totally ahead i'm going back to the game of the year there was something that happened during the game of the year uh you know presentation and the elden ring group came up to accept the award they did their speech there was this kid there and it didn't dawn on anybody that this kid was associated with the it it was just this weird white kid that just you know was up on stage and nobody thought anything of it and then after the speech over and the music came by he got on a mic and mentioned something it was, it was another language or dialect but the one word or name that you heard that everybody recognized was bill clinton and this kid he was not he he, he absolutely was not around when bill clinton was you know was was you know a president and i'm like what is going on here okay that was weird nobody thought about it anything of it the crowd was actually really quiet about the situation turns out this dude crashed the damn presentation um the kid has been arrested according to um according to jeff Kelly, who went on twitter to mention that like what the hell like all right I'm not going to act like I was not a kid in the, uh, you know, growing up and I didn't do stupid, crazy things. I did. I really did. But I, we, I think we have, we always have our limit of things because we want to do things. We want to do really crazy things, but not get arrested to do it unless we have some type of really, some type of purpose, some civil purpose to do, to do that. This kid had not, it was really, what he did was kind of really a kind of a Borat like level type of thing. And it was crazy. So the kid got arrested. Here's the thing. Here's my hypothesis on this. Here's what I think. I like to believe that this kid, all right, obviously this was planned, but I, I, I can tell you, I'm pretty sure I will put money on it that those seats 
to sit in the front row. It, it's not cheap. It's not cheap to sit in the front row of any award ceremony or especially any major award ceremony. Those tickets to go attend that show had to be in the hundreds. I have reason to believe this kid had not only had the money he was playing it, but I also believe that this kid probably has bell money. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if he comes out, if it comes out that this dude, this uh, kid posted bail shortly after this whole thing, I'm thinking this kid is a rich kid who just said, screw it. I'm going to do it and I'm going to get away with it. I'm going to make a moment out of it. You know, super rich kids with nothing but loose ends, as Frank Ocean will put it. It, it just it, I, I can't fathom why he would do it just to get points like he's going to get he's going to get over on this. He got a picture now that's just uh, immortalized on uh, social media now of him doing it. Um, he made sure he got his, you know, his hair was done right. He was dressed apart, you know, and he just decided he wanted to go and do it. He just made himself famous for being stupid. This is which is really what's going on in today's society and in this generation. It's just like people are getting over and getting famous for doing stupid things, not for their accomplishments, not for working their asses off. They're getting loads of likes and views and all this stuff simply just for doing stupid things or thirst trappy things just like that. This is the only thing that bothers me about this generation. I hate to say get on my grown folk boomer, whatever the hell you want to call it type of situation, but it is what it is, folks. And guess what? Y'all y'all can say what y'all want right now, but it's inevitable. You're going to say it too when you get to this point in life when the newer generation is going to do something that you claim that you wouldn't have done. It happens all the time. The cycle is forever and it will always happen and you will always keep saying it. Like... The, it, it just it, it boggles me what people what these kids and people are doing today to you know make any type of success or be famous like because working hard and doing the right things and doing your due diligence is too much to do granted we could get into discussion of you know the economy not having enough jobs and opportunities and whatnot for people but that's a whole nother situation this is a game show we're going to talk about video games here but nonetheless the kid got arrested and uh what well, that's that according to jeff uh Keely. we'll see what happens at that point of course he's probably banned from ever attending the game awards at this point on so we'll we'll see what happens from there hopefully nobody will ever do this again and luckily it it was very subtle when it happened so um i at least it could it could have been a lot worse it could have been a lot worse i mean that's a security breach okay so that's just gonna you, they got it you know, step up their game with the security, but otherwise it was a great event nonetheless. So, all right, let's get back to the swing of things. Um, games for impact, uh, a dust falls wins for that, uh, best ongoing game, final fantasy 14 online. Nobody's surprised today, even though I think Genshin impact also should have gotten that one. According to the fans who cheered that on big time, best indie game. I stray won this. I guess be, I think Stray won this clearly because of its narrative. The narrative was really well done. I, I, I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy Stray. I just think I, I felt like when I played it, it was too short and I could have 
gotten a little bit more. I felt like I got much more out of Sifu, Neon White. Uh, I didn't play uh, Cult of the Lamb or Tunic, as I mentioned before, when I was previewing and stuff, but I knew it was going to win. I had a hunch it was going to be the one to win just because of the narrative and the feel of it. And with that said, it was a beautifully told story. I just felt like gameplay wise, it didn't give me enough. Um, and replay value didn't give me enough. It's just way too short. Like I'll never play Stray again. <laughs> it's just, there's nothing to play. It's just, it's, it's nothing to play and nothing to do in here. It's just really, it just wasn't. I don't, I just, this is the part where I wish Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was in the category for this, because I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles would have absolutely beat Stray. And it should have. I thought so thought that Tribute Games got the kind of the raw deal in this whole thing. You know, I, I can't argue that again, I, I was with um I was with Yannick uh when I interviewed him about the game and I asked him like why are, is this considered an indie game? Uh with its alliance with Nickelodeon and it's connected it, as I'm talking about this right now, <laughs> Dotemu actually just uh posted <laughs> on uh twitter right now um i asked him i asked yannick about you know why this is a considered any game he claims that because it was only 15 people that made the game which is an extraordinary feat for a game of that quality a game that gave you so much replay value and nostalgia and feel and depth if it was truly an indie game which i think when they they you submit it if they submitted for it for some reason uh the game awards in in the in, i guess the jury of the game Awards looked at it and was like no this is not an indie game the fact that it's probably connected to nickelodeon alone probably stops that you know um so these guys won but i sifu to me was the true winner for me in this one the game was not that long but it was also deep as hell it was replayable you could go back and replay the game over again the story was awesome um it was a lot today i think they got the raw deal too from that best debut indie game again stray wins this <laughs> uh i gotta play the other ones to really find out if they deserve this <laughs> but the, the other ones that i'm nominated which was uh narco neon white what i did play really great game but i think at this part i think stray was uh better for than that tunic and uh vampire saviors uh survivors actually we're in the categories for this best mobile game marvel snap i did not realize marvel snap was that damn good i actually decided to download it to find out what's the big deal about this i could have sworn that this game just came out during um in october or something maybe i'm wrong but i don't know but i'm gonna check out marvel snap give my you know thoughts on that it's just the startup was really interesting uh best community support final fantasy 14 online once again wednesday i think they i feel like they win every year <laughs> best vr ar uh game moss book two won that innovation and accessibility god of war ragnarok also won for that best action game bayonetta 3 wins for best action game and going up against call of duty uh modern warfare neon white seafood teenage mutant ninja turtle shredder's revenge i voted for bayonetta 3 and i knew it was gonna win and I knew it was gonna win with a purpose. Not only did I knew they were gonna win, but I knew they were gonna use this opportunity to kind of throw a dig at Helena Taylor. And I knew when they won, this was a chance for trolls to go on social media to Helena Taylor and, and just 
meme her ass up on this after all the situations that happened with this. Not only did they win, but they also had Doug Bowser speak on behalf of Platinum Games. And that to me is a power move in support of Platinum Games, in support of Bayonetta 3, in support of the cast and crew and developers and engineers and everybody that put together that game. With that said, that game deserved it after I played it. Um, Helena Taylor just, you know, she she made a, a bad decision. And the fact that Doug Bowser is vouching for them, that's major. Also added to that, when Bayonetta 3 won, the audience all cheered for this. The audience, nobody booed this. Because at this point, with everything that has happened, and if you don't know, Helena Taylor, who was the original voice of Bayonetta, we talked about this before, It's it's it was already heard around the world. It was even on TMZ. Um, she claimed that they, they offered her a really low, bad contract and deal to do it, and she refrained from doing it. And by doing so, she also wanted two people to boycott and she used her followers to do that and then we turned to find out that later on that it was not exactly all what she said and she did she left out a lot of things that led people to turn against her now had this situation been the other way around and it was the fact that she was you know she that she uh was wrongfully you know uh treated i think this would have been a different situation I don't even I wouldn't even say that they if if they won they probably would have gotten a, a worse reaction. And if award ceremonies weren't so political in some cases, another game probably would have won to make sure that there were no boos. But this was clearly in support of that. And it, people, if you think that award ceremonies and award shows aren't orchestrated, you got nothing coming. <laughs> okay um so that one and you know i even put up i'm like i'm pretty sure she's probably pissed at this everything that she tried to accomplish with this blew up in her face because she left out information because she wasn't telling total truths and she kind of really manipulated people into thinking that she was the victim in this whole thing there you go not only did we not not only um did Bayonetta 3 win, but we also got some more news regarding Platinum Games and Bayonetta, which we'll talk about soon. So let's move on. Let's keep it going. Best action adventure game, Ragnar uh Game of Thrones. Uh, I was about to say Game of Thrones. God of War Ragnarok won again against Horizon Zero uh, Forbidden West. Why the hell is Stray on air? Tunic and a Plague's Tale Requiem. Uh action adventure. I don't know. When it comes to Stray. I, I don't know. Best RPG. Elden Ring wins this. I didn't. I saw this a mile away coming. They went up against uh, Live Alive, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, which I don't understand why people aren't praising that Pokemon game more as opposed to you know being ill will about the two recent ones that are you know are going through crap right now. People forgot already the short attention society we live in. Forgot that Pokemon Legends Arceus came out in January of 2022. <laughs> okay. Uh, in terms of Pokemon games, best of them all. And it's saying a lot because I love X and Y and I love um, Sun and Moon. But um, it, it was deservingly nominated for this year. Uh, Triangle Strategy and Xenoblade Chronicles 3 also were nominated for that. Best fighting game. I, I cannot tell you how pissed off I am about this one. You know, fighting games is my favorite category. Not only did they just blow this, you know, just 
move this. This was no special presentation for this, but best fighting game went to multiverses. Are you freaking kidding me? There were so many people online that were saying like, who the hell voted for multiverses? Multiverses beat King of Fighters. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have beat King of Fighters. Even though I'm not, it wasn't the best King of Fighters I've ever played or like it wasn't the best fighting game I've ever played. Definitely, I played Multiverses. Multiverses is fun. It is by any means, it's nowhere near what uh, Super Smash Brothers is. It should not have beat JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R. Damn sure shouldn't have beat Sifu. If anything, Sifu should have won this, but I still question whether that's a fighting game. So my, I thought the best, you know, experience in a fighting game kind of went to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R and then tied second by King of Fighters 15 and D, uh, DNF Duel. I have all of these fighting games. The most enjoyable of one I've had is probably King of Fighters 15 and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And DN, DNF is okay, but it just looks like a, it just feels like a cheaper, you know, version of a budgeted version of game uh, of Guilty Gear to me. Multiverses, that 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 is that is highly questionable, highly questionable. There, best sports racing game uh, went to Gran Turismo Seven. I'm not surprised. I'm more proud of this game. I, I, I since day one, since the first game, I call this a game built by God, <laughs> and it's proven that continuously. I don't have to play the game to appreciate the game. I know this game is awesome. Uh, I, I'm not a racing game fan, but I used to buy Gran Turismo just to look at it, just to admire the presentation, the real, the photorealistic look, the, the physics. It, it's just such a gorgeous game. Like even during the PlayStation two and PlayStation three era, if it, it felt like it used all the power of those consoles to make it look so beautiful and so real, the asphalt, the heat resonating from the, uh, from the from the from the weather climates or whatever it looks so real it was just so beautiful to watch uh i i'm not surprised gran turismo made a comeback and won not at all <laughs> okay best sim strategy game went to mario rab uh and rabbit spark of hope i didn't need a crystal ball to predict the obvious of that one um so that one best multiplayer game went to splatoon going up against uh Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Multiverses, Overwatch 2, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Uh, I, I was not surprised at this at all. Although I would definitely, my vote went to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge uh, period with this one. Uh, Content Creator of the Year, uh, Lugwick. Best uh, eSport uh, e Athlete, Jacob Yeh Whitaker. Uh, it won for that one. Best eSport Coach, Matthias Bazooka, uh, Terra Terrascani won for that award. Uh, best esport event, 2022 League of Legends World uh, World Championships. Best esport game, Valorant. Best esport team, Loud. Most anticipated game of the year, no doubt. <laughs> uh, Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom is a heavy fan favorite. And the minute that people, the minute that Jeff Keighley mentioned that, the crowd went crazy over that. It was like a no brainer for that one. Best adaption, Arcane uh, League of Legends. Now this is a, ca a category I thought any one of these 
shows could have won. I think I thought Sonic the Hedgehog 2 should have won because of his accuracy, but I, I'm not mad that Arcane League of Legends won. It is an awesome, awesome series on Netflix. Uh, and I hope that just encourages them to make another one. Um, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, also phenomenal. That game brought me back into um, Cyberpunk, and we'll talk about that in, in a few, because it was a major announcement with that one. Cuphead Show, also phenomenal. Uncharted was actually good. I I enjoyed every single, every one of these uh, nominees deserved to be nominated without. There were no fillers in this nomination at all. So that was the all the winners of this year's uh, Game Awards. And now that was the fastest I've ever gotten through that portion of it um let's talk about the announcements everything else final fantasy 16 we got a new trailer i am so looking forward to this and we got a release date we have a release date it's coming june 22nd 2023 it is june is gonna be the month is going to be the biggest month of the year i think for uh video games in 2023 without a doubt this game is going to be so freaking awesome I, I so can't wait. The return of Armor Core from Software reveals Armor Core 4. I'm sorry, 6. Fire of Rebecon. You know what's funny? I saw this. The fires of uh, Rebecon. I saw, I knew immediately. I knew immediately looking at the tech design. The design of the mechs. And when I saw the mech design, I was like, is this Armor Core? Is this really Armor Core? After all these years, we're getting another Armor Core. And yes, they are back. They brought this back. I recognize it because I am not really a fan of the mech design of Armor Core. I'm more of a Gundam type of dude. <laughs> but I, it's, an, it's significant enough to recognize immediately on the spot. If you've been playing video games for years since the PlayStation era, you know what Armor Core mech design looks like. And, uh, you know, there is a heavy, heavy fan base for this uh, deal. And the fact that it's going to be in a new gen system means that all the deep gameplay and, and customizations that they had in, in the original games. Oh, my God. It's probably going to be three, five times more or even 20 times more than what you were able to do back in the PlayStation, uh, you know, one through four era. One through three, I should say. I think it stopped at three. But man, oh, you know, Armor Core fans are going to be hyped for this. You know what I'm hyped for? Freaking Hades 2. The minute I saw Super Giant Games logo come up and I saw the art style, I'm like, I was started freaking out. I was like, oh my God, is this really a, I'm like, Super Giant Games is back with a game. But is this what I think this is? And yes, it is. Hades 2 has been announced. They are hard at work right now. Um, Man, I am so looking forward to this. I this game, 2000, I think 2020 was this was when this came out when the first uh, when the first game came out, and I spoke with Greg Casavan back then, uh, who was one of the heads of Super Giant Games. Um, I'm hoping I could get him back again. I'm hoping that he did their company didn't get too big that I could get him back but i with this announcement i want to get him back i pray i can get great casavan back um this is huge news i am so looking forward to this this is just absolutely freaking phenomenal um this time it is starring uh the sister of hades and um 
I just just looks fantastic. I man, and it it looks even better than it did before. You know, when you talk like um, you know, color palettes and, and and saturations and all that stuff, it looks even more there is a there is an incredible lot of uh blue in this game. I will tell you this, but it was um it was it looks fantastic. I cannot wait to play this game. The first game was just so awesome and they deservedly won um an, an award and a lot of awards when this came out back then this was easily one of the best games of 2020 and i you know it's funny i talked about i talked about um spider-man miles morales and final fantasy remake which was made was some of the best i forgot i i i feel really stupid to not mention um super giant games and, and hades because this was an indie game that just exploded in 2020 and they're looking to make a huge uh, even bigger impact this time i cannot wait i'm looking forward to this uh you know shout out to great cats van and, and the and the crew over there um i can't I, i'm really interested in seeing how many more people they added to do this if they have the same crew or did they add more did they hire more people to you know do this it's just going to be interesting um a really weird looking uh first person shooter i'm kind of looking iffy as to whether i want to play this is, there is some intrigue to me wanting to play this but there's some creep factor and i'm like oh, i want to hold back it kind of it does you know it is from the creators of um of uh bioshock uh, Ke uh what is it ken levine and um it's called judas and if bioshock wasn't weird enough and, and creepy enough this one might take you to the next level of creepy so that is in the works as well we also got a huge announcement another one of many huge announcements uh last night from hideo kojima and here we see a trailer that leads in to the announcement that death stranding 2 is on its way and norma Reedus also returns uh to the cast as well this is going to be very interesting um i never got into the first death stranding because it just looks like it it, it was for people it was hit or miss um there were people who said that they liked it there were other people who said they were bored of it because it was just you know norma Reedus's character just you know delivering and carrying packages to one place to another whatever like that that led to a even bigger storyline or whatever looks like it was enough for hideo kojima to stick to his guns and they're making another one and people were excited for it so that's coming very uh, it's in the works um did not give a release date for that of course uh, it looks like they just still in development uh hideo kojima and um said that he wrote he rewrote an interview with jeff keely during that process like jeff keely is probably hideo kojima's biggest fan um without a doubt he loves having him there he he really appreciates him uh i, I would love to know the story of jeff keely's fandom for hideo kojima i mean it's not hard to understand i mean the dude made um metal gear for god's sake and in in uh zona enders and you know other really awesome you know games to that measure i can i get it but it's it, the fandom is very interesting for, with him but he interviewed him and he said that he wrote death stranding 2 after uh the uh pandemic and he wrote everything from scratch and, and such like that it was a really interesting interview it was a great interview actually okay from that point we also got the announcement of cyberpunk we knew cyberpunk uh phantom liberty was coming and we knew it was coming in 2023 
What we didn't know was who the new big attraction was going to be. And it was revealed that Idris Alba is joining the cast of Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty, the 2023 expansion to this awesome game that it took me two years to really, you know, start playing it and actually loving it and um, renewed my fate, my my fandom for, you know, first person shooter story based uh, games. Idris Alba is now in the game. Oh, this is this is as big. This is as big as Keanu Reeves, without a doubt. This is going to be awesome. Uh, he's playing a character named Solomon Reed. Uh, he's a U.S. veteran, and are you you know are hiring him? This is sounds like a completely different story. I don't know how much this is going to be connected to the main story of V. It does sound like V during the trailer. You heard. Um, Jeremy Lee, who I, who plays uh, the female version of Lee, you heard her voice. So it leads me to believe that V is still a part of this and this may still have some connection to the main story of this. So I don't know if we're going to be playing the main story and it leads up to that. I honestly, I'd rather them just do a whole new different story, but with Keanu Reeves and uh, Johnny Silverhand coming back, it leads me to believe that this is still connected to the core story. And they're just branching out to a whole new different um, situation with uh, V and, and involved in this whole new area in, in Night City. Either way, I am ready. I am so all for this. I, I cannot wait. The fact that Idris Alba is going to be there. This is this is the same hype that we had when we found out that Keanu Reeves was going to be in this. They great casting choices pair. I am looking forward to this. Um, I'm ready. I'm now more than ready to play another cyberpunk run in this game. I played all three stories, loved all three stories. Um, let's see where this goes from here. This is just let's go. So, all right. Uh, we also got new Star Wars uh, Jedi Survivor trailer and a confirmation that is coming March 17th, 2023. It looks awesome. I just uh, hope that one, I love the fact that uh, Cal uh, Kestis in this one is a little bit more older. He has a beard. He's he's more matured. He's grown a bit. Um, I hope that they fix a lot of the issues that I had with the first game, which kept me from really playing the map. The 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 the, map, the whole map was part of the reason why I stopped playing that game. It just it it's it got confusing as hell. I hope they do a better job with that. Um, I just I'm looking forward to it. I, I really do want to play this game because I thought the the first one was good, not great. Um, the story was awesome, the performances were awesome, but just trying to play through going and just I felt like it was going in circles the whole entire time. The map was, is one of the most confusing maps ever, but hopefully they'll fix that and add on a, another few more bells and whistles to it. But I'm looking forward to it. So Diablo Four had possibly one of the best presentations <laughs> of the entire show. Um, Halsey actually performed uh, for the actual for the game. I think she she has a song that's going to be in the game and it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. And then they went to the whole trailer of Diablo 4, which is now also has a release date of June 6, 2023. Another major game coming out on that day. It, this is going to be war. This is going to be, you know, what's funny. I talked about how there are some games that people just do not want to compete with 
when it comes out june everything that's coming out of june it's like they don't care they they're putting they know they got equal ground with each of these games coming out so diablo 4 looks awesome i've never played a diablo 4 i keep wanting to play diablo any of the diablo games but i just haven't put myself to it but damn this one looks awesome oh i also want to point out one thing that i noticed about every one of these game um these world premieres there are a lot of games that are coming out that is showing a lot of awesome representation and i couldn't be more happy diablo 4 had a um a, a black character on there there was other characters that had black characters on there that was being presented there's there's some black representation finally being shown in these games albeit they're not being developed by game developed by black game developers or whatnot i mean we're seeing representation now excuse me we're seeing representation of characters on games now i i would hope to want to see more pepper blended into the sea assault and i want to see more black game developers i want to see game developers win awards i want to see i, I we need to see this and i got a feeling we're not i'm not going to live long enough to see that <laughs> but i hope that eventually we get to see that that, that ends up being, happening and that's not the same part <laughs> so I'm saying, you know my mom didn't live long enough to see a black president and I may not live long enough to see a black game developer, but I have faith. I have faith that it'll happen eventually. We'll see not just one or two peppered in. We'll see a bunch of people. And it, when I, when the game awards, maybe 10 years from now, if it lasts that long, or any, any place that is honoring game, I want to see more diversity in the crowd. It, it, it amazes me like it just it just astounds me like yes we're making change but it's the it's it's not us making that change it's people advocating for us but i want to, if we really want to if they really want to be true advocates and really want to show true advocacy get us in teach us give us the opportunities you know there's some very talented people out there that can do it that are people in our community you know there's a reason why a lot of times we are being held back is because of the possibility of what we can do. Let us do it without fear. Let us do it knowing that we're doing it for the safe, for the, for the ability to, for all to shine. Just have a different mindset towards it, man. But nonetheless, I am very happy to see that here. And also I'm happy to see Street Fighter six with a new trailer showing new characters want some familiar characters but even more a release date we got a release date for uh street fighter 6 it will be on its way june 2nd 2023 and also it brings the return of dj along with some new characters uh menon and uh, marissa jp as well and others um this is awesome dj's back in the groove man i love it and uh, this was another one uh which we saw before but we actually um we got a chance to see you know them you know with their new um mode in here and you know they made it sure they made it a they assured us that you'll be able to create a person of color in this game that's why i can't wait to play the beta for this for this bitch I, I cannot wait it is i'm looking forward to playing the beta <laughs> here and one of the most touching announcements of the world premieres suicide squad killed the justice league um 
which uh, is said to be released in May 26, 2023. It made an astonishing announcement when they showed a trailer of the Suicide Squad taking out uh, the Flash and Holly Quinn basically is, you know, hearing Batman. And she's a little bit afraid because she's like, Batman doesn't kill, but we didn't see him kill off a guard who drops to the ground. Kev, uh, the Batman comes to the ground and Batman speaks. And it's not just any voice. It is the voice of Kevin Conroy. The, the trailer was more or less to pay um, tribute to Kevin Conroy, who passed away just recently, but also to announce that has been confirmed that his voice that he will voice batman one last time in this game and the announcement was so hard so touching and jeff Kelly was able to announce it it was one of the biggest him and jason david frank was one of the biggest heartbreaks for fans this year possibly um two unexpected passings um and this is great this is great that he would manage to be able to make it one last time as Batman and deservedly so. And it, what makes this so great is that this is a Rocksteady game and Rocksteady is, it has made all of the Arkham games. And I don't know if people know, but Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is connected to the Arkham universe. So it is so appropriate that he made his appearance and yet his final appearance in this game. So to that, thank you, Rocksteady Games, for getting him back on one last time. And thank you, Kevin Conroy, for all the years that he has put in to play the bat, to redefine what Batman is in our minds. Thank you. The We also got the first Super Mario Brothers clip, not a trailer. We got a clip and it was fantastic. We see uh, Keegan-Michael Key presented this. And this was not one of Key... Uh, keys for uh best nights it just people were a little bit weirded out by him by his uh presentation he looked kind of, he felt kind of off doing it but he got through and we got to see the trailer of him as toad um with mario played by chris pratt and they're going into the mushroom kingdom and this is mario's first experience going into the pipe the the uh the teleporting pipe if you will, that, you know, trans transports uh, him or the transporting pipe, I should say, that transports him from one area to another. And his first experience is awesome to see because he 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 goes through all these bumps and bruises and he gets like worn out by the time he gets up from it. I also like that they use still the, they still use the sound effects from the video games on air. So we get that. And there's a there's a ton of when it when it comes to next year, I got a feeling when it comes to any TV shows or movies that are uh, getting nominated for adaptions, I got a feeling it's going to be a no brainer that Super Mario Brothers is going to win because seeing the clips and seeing the trailers already, we are seeing that a lot of fanfare for the uh, for the games are being assimilated into this movie. And it looks awesome. Even questions going up top, walking on platforms, uh, bricks that are just floating in the air, which is something that is common with Super Mario Brothers. So they're making they're making sense of everything that all the weird things that we've always seen in the games throughout the years. We're now making sense of it. So it now makes it all canon and really awesome and logical to, to their standards as well. But great clip. I'm looking forward to it. It's awesome. Uh, we also 
get a chance to talk, uh, see Tekken 8. Uh, some more, another trailer for Tekken 8, and it kind of explains what's going to happen here. Now, I was confused at first about uh, the Tekken 7 series, and I get it now. I, I, I totally get it now, because they said it marks the end of the Mishima saga, and I guess when they said the Mishima saga, they meant Heihachi Mishima. And now it's moving on to uh, Kazuya versus Jin, and now it's those two going at it. So this is the new era of them because Heihachi is not coming back. He he's he's now gone. He's now hanging around with uh, Jin Pachi, um, and those two are away. So now the focus is on Jin versus um, versus uh, Kazuya. And here we also get a, a clip of. Um, king and paul phoenix paul phoenix looks like he has a new hairstyle uh we have a new iteration of king uh we also get to see uh lars and martial law in jack eight this time around so i'm looking forward to it looking good man no release date for this uh but i'm sure we'll get it soon and it'll probably come in 2000 look bandai Namco, just give us tekken force that's all we ask give us tekken force mode again that's all i ever want here uh also what i want but didn't ask but we're getting it and i'm not surprised because we got it before when the first game came out the horizon series is getting another expansion and it's coming in april april 19 2023 horizon forbidden west burning shores is coming and we get to see aloy head to los angeles or what was or what used to be los angeles we also get an awesome scene of the hollywood sign uh, being destroyed as well. So, uh, this is going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I knew that we, we were going to get a, uh, expansion pack, uh, an expansion for this. So I'm ready for this as much as I'm ready for, uh, what is that for, uh, uh, what is that for cyberpunk as well? And I wouldn't be surprised if God of war is getting an expansion. Cause I mean, we, we, when we last left God of war, Altreus went on his own. So Who's to say that we won't get an expansion for that? I, I'm hoping we do. We get it fully on um, Atreus and whatever the hell he's journey he's going to and what path he's going to. Because I like playing Atreus in uh, God of War Ragnarok. We also got uh, an appearance from Crash Bandicoot <laughs> or a person in Crash Bandicoot gear. Um, we got to see the new um, a new 4v4 uh, multiplayer game that's coming in 2023. It looks pretty awesome. It looks it looks like a melee uh, game. It looks pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. Warhammer for uh, 4000 Space Marine 2 gameplay was revealed. Um, no release date for that as of yet. Uh, Celeste Creators uh, next game Earthblade. It, we got a first trailer for that. It looks like an awesome 2D side scrolling. It looks kind of Metrovania like. So I'm looking forward for that. Now, I mentioned when talking about Bayonetta 3 winning the uh award for uh winning their award they didn't just <laughs> win this award they didn't really just uh throw shade at helena taylor they also really rubbed it down because they just announced a brand new game bayonetta origins cereza and the lost demon announced which is coming to the Nintendo Switch exclusively March 17, 2023. This is talking about, you know, this is going to be a uh, Cereza, AKA Bayonetta. Um, you know, this is her journey before she became, you know, Bayonetta. 
Um, the, we knew about the backstory of uh, Cereza in the in the uh, in the game, but now this is going deep diving. Not only that, we're getting a whole new type of game with this. This is not going to be like the action uh, game that we're used to with Platinum Games. They're doing like a action RPG type of game this time around, and um, you're playing with a young version of uh, Bayonetta 3 Cereza and Cheshire, for that matter. So we're going to get an appearance of Cheshire in here as well. So that's coming up. Another game for comic book fans that uh, we're going to be excited for. Hellboy is getting a really stylish new looking game um, in the style of a comic book. It looks just like the comic. It really looks exactly like the comic book uh, drawn come to life. Uh, and it's going to be based on um, Mike Manola, uh, Mignola's uh, Hellboy. Um, and uh, I, it looks awesome. It's going to be out for the PlayStation 5, 4, Xbox Series X, and 1, and Switch, and PC. Let's just say all consoles, except for the uh, Stadia. <laughs> but it's coming out and uh, with an original story as well. So looking forward to that. No release date to that as of yet. This game is freaking awesome. Crime Boss. Like, I'm not into like the GTA games or whatever, like, or whatnot. But we got Michael Batson who came out and uh presented this new world premiere trailer of what is called crime boss rocky city which is announced with a huge huge cast of people and i mean just sailor huge michael madsen is in here danny glover chuck freaking norris kim basinger danny treo and vanilla ice and i got a feeling it's gonna come with more people down the line this is just insane um it's pretty much it, it, it's a fps and it's wanting people to become the leaders of their uh cri criminal underworld in the 90s in florida very gta like but just to have this cast of characters this, this is crazy i love this i freaking love this um yeah i i may be i may I may want to get up on this. <laughs> this is just too, the cast is just too crazy not to want to get into. Okay. It's just, I, I was at all of this. So yeah, that's coming out. That's in the works. No release date for that, but, uh, 505 games is publishing this. And, uh, I, I was at all when I saw this, just the cast alone. It's just crazy. Um, video games have evolved. This is a mainstream situation. People Lord of the fallen. Uh, we get a first gameplay review that from uh, for a souls like uh, reboot and uh, no release date for that. But that looks it looks pretty chaotic and awesome from that. Um, the Last of Us now will have a uh, PC version coming out March 3rd, 2023. Uh, Returnal also announced for the uh, PC, which is coming 2023 as well. Uh, what else was announced there? Actually, I think that is everything that is announced for this. Nope, that was all the announcements from there. So, I mean, overall, no, was it? Wait, am I right? Was that everything? No, that was everything. That was pretty much uh, all the announcements that I believe I gotten from there. But overall, oh, Baldur's Gate 3 was announced too. 
uh, I should have uh, mentioned that Baldur's Gate 3 was announced. So that was uh, awesome too. Um, anything else? I don't think anything else. Transformers re re uh, Reactivate is coming out. I didn't actually, I missed that one. I actually did miss that one. Um, hold on for one second. What is this? Okay. Oh, that's something. But, um, Banisher's Ghost of Eden also announced. Uh, what is it here? What is this game? Immortals of Evium. I, these are, I think I missed out on these. These are ones that I didn't see. Uh, Blue Protocol uh, was announced for North America on Amazon Games. Now that was, yeah, that did uh, I did see. Um, Amazon Games is now coming out with games for the PlayStation 5. I thought they were going to just do their own thing, but that's interesting. Bandai Namco has also uh, teamed up with uh, Amazon Games to create this really beautiful looking anime style uh, game. It's an MMORPG that is coming out. Uh, so look forward to that. Uh, what else is being released here? Vampire Survivors uh, has been announced as well. Uh, but uh, which was in, 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 yeah, this is the first game that I, this is the last one, but the first one uh, thing that was announced for this too. And that was Dead Cells Return to Castlevania. We will be seeing appearances of Castlevania characters in Dead Cells. I didn't think I was ever going to play that game again, but here I am. I'm going to be playing Dead Cells again. We saw Trevor, we saw uh, Simon, and we saw Dracula in here as well. So looks awesome. Looking forward to it. So uh, yeah, there was just, it was so much uh, coming out. Uh, they showed a little bit, another trailer for Fire Emblem Engage DLC as well. The Dune Awakening was also shown. Destiny 2 Lightfall. Among Us is getting a new expansion for this. Uh, Horizon Call of, of the Mountain, which is the a, um, the VR version of that, that was all announced. So I believe I got everything from there, but overall, a outstanding step up from what they did the last uh, few years. Great job to uh, Game Awards for that. And I'm looking forward to all this coming up. So uh, people in the uh, ACMG Facebook group seems to enjoy it they uh a lot of them really enjoyed it they also enjoyed that stupid little kid that crashed the party as well uh i need to also give acknowledgement to the final performance by the orchestra there was i forgive me i didn't know the guy's name but there was a guy in there who was just rocking out and i think i saw him last year i think he was there last year too but this dude was playing multiple instruments every single time and the camera was made sure that they focus on this dude he was killing it he rocked out he had a flute he had another instrument like when they played another song uh he, uh, he played a um like i think it was like two different style flutes and something else that he played every single song at the um game of the year performances i, I gotta get his name i'm not giving him his, his respect or his flowers properly but that dude was awesome whoever the hell that guy was he was just fantastic but Great job this year in the Game Awards. I really enjoyed it. And um, man, I'm looking forward to all the games that are coming out next year as well. So folks, that will do it for this segment. We're going to take a break, come back, and I am going to give my thoughts on Marvel's Midnight Suns, the latest Marvel game uh, 
created by the guys who played XCOM, who uh, put together XCOM. So we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! have reached the final stage of this program and i'm here to talk about and give you my thoughts and reviews on marvel midnight suns the latest marvel game brought to you by 2k who published it but also Firaxis uh games who is responsible for the xcom series and if any of you who've ever played an xcom game you know what to expect xcom is one of the uh legendary tactical game series that it can you know basically it's the original XCOM games are mostly games that involve aliens, uh, alien invasions, and you know you control the army through uh, tactical battles, more like real-time strategy at best. But they do it in a, such a different way uh, that is really distinguished from any other real-time strategy or tactical battle game that you ever played. Um, with Marvel Midnight Suns, they implemented the car battle system to this, which makes this one of the deepest and awesome. Uh, car battle game experiences you'll ever have i mean you combine the car battle schematics and in, in, in the uh in the gameplay with marvel action that you're accustomed to and it really plays like a a a, a fantastic chess game if you will and it, it what it is too is that it's very complex but not too it's not convoluted it's really easy to find and really to you know you find it very easy and enjoyable to play but not too confusing to understand and even though it, it's really complex you'll still go in and they make sure that you go in uh you know they ease you into it really well and you don't come out like saying this is too hard this is too confusing and it's a lot of fun and then on top of that the story of the game is what really kind of gets you in because they added so much depth and replay value to this game uh just wanting to get to know the rpg elements if you will uh in this game wanting you to combine and bind friendships with a lot of the marvel characters in here and it's awesome the game also you play as the, the you know the role of the hunter and the role of the hunter is anybody you want it to be so you can play as anybody you choose you create your own character at this point which i think is a great element um 
Although I will talk about my pros and cons with this in a sense, or just, you know, explain what I didn't like about this. But the good news is, is that you go in creating your own original character and you get to be the possibly the most powerful chance you have at defeating the biggest threat that is coming to Earth. Uh, thanks to Hydra, who basically re uh, what Hydra does is what Hydra does. And they uh, they went in to use dark magic and science to bring back a powerful figure known as Lilith from her eternal slumber. And they used this to gain power, as Hydra always does, to try to rule the world. So it is up to the Midnight Suns, which is a select uh, group of superheroes consisting of Nico from the Runaways, um, Ileana Rasputin from the New Mutants at Slash X-Men, uh, Doctor Strange, uh, and teaming up with, believe it or not, Tony, Haw uh, Tony, I was about to say Tony Hawk. You heard that, right? I did say almost Tony Hawk. Tony Stark, who really is not a believer of magic because he's a scientist and you know all scientists all believe in facts which is rightfully so but him and dr strange go into this you know camaraderie or whatnot and uh, um you know they go through that you also come across blade who's also in there too like for those who haven't gotten a chance to see these short movies that they've done online i highly recommend you go and check that out it's really awesome gives you a prelude as to what's going to happen um with this and he also are teaming up with somebody known as the caretaker who is the one that on you know brought everybody together to try to fight off lilith and uh hydra as well lilith uh caretaker is also a, in connection with uh abigail you know abigail from the comics um oh, agatha i'm sorry not abigail uh agatha harkness from the comics and and you know her from recently from uh wandavision so there's a connection between caretaker and um agatha from that matter um and you find out as the story progressed and this the story really brought me in as much as the challenge of the game as well so a lot of really awesome things to look forward to in this game uh in terms of the gameplay if you're not if you're more of a action game you know person I still think that this game brings something to offer you in turn because there is action in this game it's a little less it's a little slow pace uh of a game compared to the other games that you were actually able to play with marvel games like this is not playing marvel avengers this is not playing spider-man uh miles morales or spider-man you know for uh you know uh insomniac spider-man or this is not playing marvel uh ultimate alliance 3. This is clearly a tactical battle, meaning there is some RPG elements to this part that, you know, if you're not an RPG fan, like I normally often am not. <laughs> there are rare occasions that I am, this being one of them. It's just, a you know, playing the right game. Um, games like this, games like Persona 5 and games like, uh, you know, I, I was even saying uh, Fairy Tale. You know, if you ever played the Fairy Tales games, that's a really good RPG game um that's really fast paced this one not so much you really you approach this as if you're approaching a chess game so you have to make sure that you make the right moves because making the wrong moves meaning that you will get beat badly even on easy so the deal is that you get dealt a few cards sometimes at least like minimum six 
five to six. And then you can also use cards that'll enable you to add on more cards. Uh, but you also have these other aspects of the game where certain cards take away certain points that you uh, are able to use. So there are attack cards, there are regular attack cards, and there are also, uh, there's also cards that you use with your momentum uh, points. I don't know what the hell they call them, but there are points that you use that can you can use for a vi a vi um, sorry environmental attacks, or you could use the cards to um, you know use them for really powerful attacks. But you only get a limited amount of them. How you end up gaining more points is to use the attack points, and the more attack points you use, you can use you can gain more uh, up to ten of those momentum points is what I'm going to call them. And once you do that, you can use them to do team up moves. You can use them to use more powerful attacks. You can use them to use environmental attacks, but you have the key is to use them sparingly, use them strategically, because if you don't, they, they will always Hydra or any of the forces will always have the advantage from you. And there are times where you are in a bad rep and you got to just, you know, stick it out because there are always going to be reinforcements uh, that are going to come your way of Hydra um, troops or whatever like that that are going to try to take you out. Uh, you can be revived if, you, if you're being taken out. Uh, at least you are if you play like on an easier mode or something like that. If you play in a harder mode, I think the challenge is a little bit more steep. But nonetheless, the I love the gameplay here. Um, I really enjoyed everything I loved about it. The character design... I was a little bit iffy about it. The, you know, the, the uh, character design of the game uh, with the some of the suits designs. Some of it is good. Some of them is OK. Some of them is eh in there. But while I like the gameplay, while I like the depth of the gameplay and, and, and the replay value of the game, um, what I was a little bit disappointed about this game was the presentation of the game. Um, not to say that the character design didn't look good or anything. If you watch the trailers, the trailers uses, even if you go on a website, the trailers in a website, you know, and, and what you see online gives you this really awesome CGI look that you would think because it's gonna be on a PlayStation 5, because it's gonna be in a uh, Xbox Series X, and because it's gonna be on PC, you would think that it would look every bit as beautiful as it does in the, uh, in the trailers, because the trailers is, using this really awesome high graphic type of feel. But when you play the game, the game's visuals, the presentation doesn't look anywhere near this. And in fact, it actually looks more like, it looks more like a PlayStation 3 game. Just a, re, it looks like, let me rephrase that. It looks like a remastered version of a of three. Like, you know what it reminds me of? In fact, it reminds me going back to Marvel games if you played the remastered version of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 that came out uh, later on for the PS4, that's what it kind of looks like it, when you actually go into the game. It's not to say that it looks bad, but you would expect more coming from this game, especially for the reason of that it hasn't come out for the Nintendo Switch yet. And it was supposed to come out for the Nintendo Switch. And when you're thinking, why hasn't it come out for the Nintendo Switch? You're thinking like, okay, maybe because the graphic power of the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X may not be able to be, you know, assimilated well into that. So they're separating it. But when you look at it, it's like, 
dude, this could have totally have made it on the Nintendo Switch. Like how, how they can't downgrade it more than this. <laughs> this looks like it was made to be able to look good on all systems fairly without having to change anything up. I would have preferred that they make it look just like it did and give us the amount of detail and depth that it did on the uh, on the trailer than it does in, in the whole thing, but it just doesn't. It just, it looks very dated and downgraded to me. And it's not, it's not just to me, it's very, the other thing too, I will say is probably a negative is the creative uh, suite for the game. The creative suite to me was limited and this is coming from 2k well it's again it's published by 2k but it's you know developed by a whole nother company either still you know this is something that they probably never done before because i don't recall us ever being able to create characters in xcom before but at least for their to their credit we're able to make people of color and again they stressed that out in the um in the you know they have a video clip on youtube showing you uh you know how the actual you know the the creative suite works but they use it with an example of a black you're creating a black character which you can i'm just a little bit disappointed at the amount of creative content that you're able to use in here now as you as the game progress and you explore the the environments a little bit more which i do like doing um the abbey is what they this the headquarters of uh where they are residing at is like this really kind of creepy cryptic place that the midnight suns hang around but your character the hunter is able to explore all over the place think of it as like um mortal Kombat when they use the crypt mode and you're able to travel to all these different realms and areas and regions within a crypt that's what it kind of feels like it's kind of like that map and what you're able to do is you're able to unlock new areas. You're able to find new treasures, new items. Uh, and a lot of the items that you unlock, you find these, you unlock these um, secret areas using some uh, awaken abilities or magical abilities that'll open up new secrets around the area. And when doing so, you also, you know, sometimes acquire keys to unlock uh, these, these chests and these chests will uh, reveal new color palettes for the clothing that you wear for the uh for the gear that you get uh the new superhero costumes that you'll get and also it'll allow you to uh it'll unlock newer customary items for you so it's not to say that and, and I, this is when it gets better because the the customary items that you get for the hunter uh, whether it be like mask or whatever like that there's some really cool looking mask that you get in the game uh that you know, if you're a 90s comic book fan like me, you really love the the uh, character design, the uh, the superhero costume design that has been added to this, you know, with the uh, with the white um, pupils or whatnot uh, stuff. And you could change the color palette and costume there. I, you know, I haven't gotten so deep, but maybe it's just the fact that you don't. I haven't seen enough of it at the time. Um, there's a lot of story to tell in this game. It's so deep and I love it. And it just, I, it, it just like when you're not playing, you know, act, when you're not in the battle, you're actually just, you know, exploring the area or you're actually, uh, you know, gay engaging in friendships with a lot of the superheroes in there. And the more you engage friendships, you will, you know, 
acquire more move sets, more cards, more powerful cards for them, more uh, clothing abilities for them. You could customize the clothes that they wear. The other cool thing that was so awesome about this is that not only do you have different clothes that you wear, you can activate a uh, option that allow you to change into different clothing every day making it different so like what you wear by choice if you want you could activate the uh the ability to change clothes or alternate the clothing that you wear on a daily basis what you wear in the first day whether it be just normal clothes at the abbey or your superhero costumes that you acquire when you unlock it in the game you can activate that to say today i'm going to be wearing this today i'm going to be wearing this and this this and even change the color palette even the color palette changes on air. So that, that's awesome too. Um, so you have those type of things. And the other thing I want to add too, speaking of unlocking things, they do, this game does have in-app purchase abilities and capabilities in here. There are there, but it's not a paywall. It's optional. And I've been playing this hours on end. And the great part about it is that you don't i have not paid spent one dime other than me buying the game itself the full game itself on unlocking any clothing or anything that i want they have clothes that you can get you know via mnat purchases if you want to buy extra currency using real money to buy in-game to be um to buy in-app purchasing uh currency but by all means it's just optional everything else is in-game purchasing itself you every time you go and you know play a um a battle and you win in that battle you get more currency to buy things you could customize um the hunter's room with new furniture and you know bedding and and adding frames and whatnot making it you know a little bit more home for him uh you can also you know buy clothing for the characters um you can you know buy a lot of things and stuff you also got a demon dog that you also uh have to you know really love throughout this game it, uh it's really awesome it's pretty cool but there's so many elements in here despite the lack of you know visual presentation if you will doesn't take away from the game experience that you have i recall another card battle game that i love that also had dated you know visual presentation and that was super dragon ball heroes world missions despite the fact that it looked like a 3ds game on a nintendo switch game it didn't take away from the gameplay at all. It was, it's still an awesome game. I still play that game to this day, to this day. I will be doing the exact same thing with this game. This game, the, the performances ha are fantastic as well. And I really would, I would be remiss if I did not mention one name that has just stood out through this whole entire thing. And that is Michael Jai White playing the role of Blade. And I love it. For one thing, Michael, it's Michael Jai White for God's sake. Two. I've mentioned this in the ACMG Facebook group when this game came out and I found out that Michael Jai White was playing Blade. I'm like, how the in the hell did he not play Blade in the television series that came out years ago that starred um, Sticky Fingers from Onyx, which again, I am a big fan of Sticky Fingers. I'm a big fan of Onyx. I grew up listening to Onyx when they were out. Got me in a lot of trouble for listening to that music when it was out when I was a kid. But nonetheless, Sticky was the man and still is the man. He's legend in the hip hop world. He he and a lot of people loved him as as Blade. I thought he did a really good job as Blade. But compared to Michael Jai White, who also is a legit martial artist who can also do his own stunts, much like uh, Wesley Snipes could. How did they miss out on that opportunity? 
nonetheless, he's playing Blade. He's doing the voice of Blade in here, and I he does it tremendously. He he brings a part of Blade, a personality in Blade that we never seen him before. There's there, you know, he's he's very, you know, we know Wesley Snipes version of Blade, and we know Sticky's version of Blade. They're really like they're not really social people. This one kind of is, but he still captures that dark, you know, loner like type of deal too. But every once in a while, he kind of breaks out <laughs> into some things. And I don't want to spoil anything because there's some really funny, interesting moments with him, and especially involving another uh, hero in, in the um, in the game that is really interesting, <laughs> the dynamic of that. So, but his Michael Jai really really stood out oh, excuse me stood out in this game and i love it the other one that stood out to me is iliana uh rasputin um her character was really well done in here too in fact let me go into imdb because i want to give these people their proper respect and get it because uh there were some significant uh actors who played in this role uh, who played in this game that needs to be mentioned midnight there we go. Come on, make it good for me. All right, so uh, la 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 la. We got Mike. Uh, I mentioned Michael J. White as Blade. Um, we have Yuri Lowenthal returning once again as Peter Parker. Love that guy. Absolutely love that guy. Um, returning and reprising her role as Nico Minoru or Minodu. <laughs> Minodu is uh. Lyrica uh, Okano from from the actual Runaways live action TV show that came on. <laughs> She's reprising the role, and actually, there's rumor to say that she may be reprising her role back in the live action one uh, version too. Uh, one of the Disney Plus shows or movies or whatever like that. She's coming back. It's and they already reestablished her hair, so she's back playing her her character once again in this one and I, she she's tremendous too so she's a good standout um laura bailey plays magica uh, not magica just magic <laughs> here Ileana rasputin uh steve bloom returns once again as wolverine another one of my favorite people to ever get a chance to uh talk to on this show on this show as well just awesome um fred tattish or another person that i had the pleasure of uh interviewing and doing a panel with as well the one and only fred tattashore returns as hawk so and uh another significant one too uh where's he at yeah brian bloom who uh no no affiliation to steve bloom They're two totally different spelled names by the way uh but brian bloom is uh captain america now if people don't remember but he played uh captain america a lot he uh he's reprising his role as captain america in multiple uh games and tv series as well he was the captain america in uh earth's mightiest heroes which still to me is the best avengers animated series of all of them uh really really enjoyed that because that was really so close to the uh 616 comic book uh deal too so a lot of awesome awesome names in here uh and and just as far as the story goes it there's some really great things that you know that you get deep into and some twists and turns that happens in this game and also i should i would um be remiss if i didn't mention that you playing the role of hunter they go and do the um knights of the of the old republic style of gameplay whereas you play this new character but are you know that 
can go either way. You could go into the light side of uh, of it, becoming a, I guess, a pure good guy, or you can go into the dark side of things and handle things differently. How you handle and how you talk to people determines how this story is going to play out. So if you just go all light, you're probably going to have a ending that's going to be different. But if you play all dark, there's probably going to be some different things too. But your morality, it has a morality system in here that plays into how the story is going to be told in here because Lilith, who's his mother, who's the hunter's uh, mother, um, she's going to try to manipulate your character into doing things. And there's a past that he still has a, you know, he's still trying to remember and unlock because he is coming back from the dead. He's brought back by Dr. Strange and, and, uh, Tony Stark and Nico. So, you know, he's, he's the clandestine chosen one to stop this, but will he stop this or will he be, uh, will he be a big burden to the hero? So that's what you got to find out with this game. But I got the PS five version for a lot of reasons. One, because it wasn't coming out for the uh, Nintendo Switch yet. It's, it's slated to come out for the Nintendo Switch down the line. Two, I wanted to see if this was worthy of getting on a Nintendo Switch. And I can safely say it is. Hopefully the Nintendo Switch version will be as good and perform as good as this. Now, the only thing it probably won't do is, turn, uh, is, do is have extremely fast loading times. And I think that could be also possibly one of the reasons why they... Um, were able to bring out the Nintendo Switch version. I don't know, but all I know is that we got a bunch of games that are being put out on all systems and they have no problems. And I'm talking Sonic um, Frontiers 2, which I should say really briefly, so, uh, Sega announced that Sonic Frontiers, uh, Sonic Frontiers is actually coming out with a lot of DLC coming out in 2023, including a new story and the ability to play as all of the characters that's involved in the game, Knuckles, Tails, Rose, and more with a new story that's coming out. Plus the boss battle mode that I have been asking for will be actually implemented into the game as well as photo mode and more. So, all right, enough about that. But, you know, we had games like that and Sifu and a whole bunch of other games have no trouble getting on uh, this system. with. Now that I've seen this game and played this game, I'm really curious as to why it is they're waiting on to uh, bring this game out into the Nintendo Switch. And then the Nintendo Switch is not an easy game to you know bring a game out to because they have their own stipulations and everything. So that might be the situation. It might not have you know made code and something like that nature. Might, I'm not sure why it hasn't. I know a lot of times it usually has to do with um, you know the requirements that Nintendo asked for. So maybe that's being held back. I don't know. I just hope that it comes out very soon in 2023 because I will get this in full. And I, I only got the regular game. I didn't get the extras with the new characters or whatever like that. I was like, I wanted to get this on the Nintendo Switch first more than anything so I could play it on the road. Um, now I really wanted to go on. I really wanted on Nintendo Switch because this is really, a, overall, it is really a great game. Um, I would like it to have a little bit more custom, um, you know, customs uh, items, of, you know, for your creative character. I would have loved if the graphics of the CGI of the trailers matched up to the visual presentation of the game, especially it being on the new gen systems. I feel like that was a little bit misleading on on uh, their behalf, doing it that way. Um, because it, it really doesn't look like a new gen game at all. 
uh, it doesn't need to play like it. it just needs to look like it. You know, that's the whole point of having this. But nonetheless, the processing power of the game is great. Like when I fast travel to different areas uh, of the Abbey and, and such, it seamlessly. That's the good part. Uh, so, I mean, it, there's a lot, way more pros than cons to this game. But overall, a absolutely fun. If you're a Marvel fan, add this to your list. I, as a person who doesn't normally like RPG turn-based games, or um, but I like real-time strategy and tactical battles. I don't know. It's weird. Um, this is a definite, definite game to add to your game. It's a great single-player experience. It's a deep, deep story to this. If you're a Marvel fan, you'll love it. It's an original story. Great. All of your favorite voices are back reprising their roles as these characters and um just a lot of fun just go out of your way check it out and if i give this a grade it'll be b plus for me that's the uh, the, uh grade i would give it hopefully i will be able to give a b plus to the switch version as well but we'll see midnight suns available now on every system except for the switch until probably 2023 folks that will do it for this edition of Talk Time uh, Live Extra Select Start. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, we're uh, we're just counting down the days to Christmas and the holiday season. So uh, I believe I will have a show this Sunday of what I don't know, but um, we will have a show this Sunday, and um, that will be probably that. I that uh, it might be that might just be it. For that except for the one select start episode that we'll be doing next week and that that probably will be the last episode till for the holiday season into the new year but um we're just four days away for final fantasy for a new final fantasy game not just any final fantasy game crisis core final fantasy reunion comes out next tuesday the 13th i cannot wait you talk about hey, look honestly i don't really give a rats about the holiday season <laughs> but if anything i wanted for the holiday season it's that game and i don't need anything else i am sold i am going to be so with that game all year round i cannot wait to replay this game in a new way in a remastered way i really don't know why they call it a remaster it should be a remake but nonetheless it's coming out next week and that may be the only game uh, the last game i review for the year uh, Bart, it actually probably will be more or less. So, you know, stay tuned for that one. And, um, well, much more to come. Um, I, I just got to say, man, it's just been an awesome year, you know, when it comes to, uh, playing these games or ruining these games, but interviewing a lot of people involved in these games and it's just been fantastic. And if you really enjoy, you know, these games, you enjoy this show and you enjoy the people that we had to talk about these games that have been involved in these games, please. Go support us. Keep supporting us. Thank you for everybody who has supported us and making us hit record numbers this year. And Jesus, 52,000 for God's sake. That's that's I'm I am humbled because we started out small. We went through some trial and errors and just the fact that, you know, I was able to do the things that I've been doing with this. Nothing short of outstanding. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to toot myself this, but I, you know, I want to say real quick, I get told this every so often. And when I hear it, it doesn't sound complimentary to me. And it's based on one word and that is luck. 
I get told that I'm lucky for the places that I've been, for the people that I meet, for the opportunities that I've had. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm definitely, it gets said, I, I believe that that word gets thrown at people a lot who has done what I've done or done even more than what I've done. It's made not to be a complimentary word. When you say that somebody's lucky, you're selling people that what they've received, what they do, what they've done, what they have achieved, what they have accomplished just fell into their lap. Luck does not require hard work or diligence or planning. Luck does not exist. Luck in all, in, in all seriousness, it does not exist. Not in a, not in a way when it comes to like what I'm doing or what other people have done. I, I have friends and I have people that I know that have won Emmys and Grammys, um, in my life. And that is not something that they're lucked into. That is something that we work our asses off to do. We work our asses off to get to this point, to be nominated for something let alone win something to be invited to places. That's not luck. That is through planning and hard work. And the only people who usually give that word and throw that word to people like me are people who have never achieved people who have not even had the courage to stick their nose out and to take risk because had you done so you would not say that word. That is a bad word to say to anybody who has worked their asses off. It is an insulting word, dare I say. There is no such thing as luck when it comes to, you know, achieving the feats that we've done. And you just have to deal with that. And I think the more that you do accept that, the more, and the more that people accept that, the more that they will understand that, yeah, you gotta, you gotta work hard to have fun. You gotta put in that work. You got to, you know, do your due diligence. It's not going to happen in a day. It's not going to happen in a month. It's not going to happen in a year. It's going to happen when it needs to be, but it's going to happen based on the amount of passion and hard work and planning and strategic planning, I should say, that goes into it, but never luck. So as you're hearing this, I'm going to ask that people stop using that word because it's an envious term. It's a shady term. It's a term to say, two things. One, I hate the fact that you're getting what you're getting right now. And two, it's revealing that you don't understand what it takes to get in there because you've never done it yourself. And had you done it yourself, you would never say that term. You would never use that at all, ever, ever. So my advice to people right now, stop using that word and apply the due diligence needed to achieve what you truly claim that you want. And trust me, when you do, you understand you'll never use that word ever again. Trust me. Now, if you like this episode and every episode of Talk Top Live, please go to our official website, the official website at talktimelive.com. Check out all of our audio episodes, our video interviews exclusively here on Talk Time Live. And a lot of content that we provide. Maybe something that you want to check out in the holiday season. So uh, go out of your way, check it out. And if you would like to subscribe and download and keep supporting this show, never miss a beat, you can check out this show 
in all of our shows wherever podcasts are played. That is including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora. And if you're on Tumblr, type in Talk Time Live. You can find us there every week with brand new episodes. Again, thank you guys ever so much for the support, whether it was like three to five to thousands. Thank you for it because I appreciate anybody who takes the time to listen to the show and spread the word and just keep us going and keep us growing. Thank you so very much. And again, as we go into the holiday season, people, it's always, it's more, I think the holiday season is more stressful than it is um, festive and, 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 and family oriented. So during these times, during these really crazy times, please, before you gift others, gift yourself, be a gift to yourself. Celebrate the way that makes you feel better. And if you feel, if you don't feel as good as the people you're making feel good, then maybe you shouldn't celebrate it. Maybe you should look out for yourself and it's okay. It is always okay to do so because for your mental health, you need to be okay. You need to take care of yourself before you take care of everybody else. And when you take care of yourself, then you can take care of everybody else and everybody else can be happy and we can all be happy together. But look out for you. That means reaching out, gifting yourself. That means reaching out to somebody that you can trust or talk to, whether it be a friend, family, or even therapist. Go out of your way, check it out. But this holiday season, look out for you, gift you, be a gift to you. That's all I ask. That's what I, you know, aside from, you know, crisis core, that's all I really want. I really want people to live life and live life happy as I am and as I tend to be. And I work hard to be every day. So, folks, that will do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. We are out of here. Take care and have a great day, people. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.